Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hi, I'm Megan Gilder, and welcome to the Fresh Exchange Podcast. Welcome friends. And today I am sitting here and it is the beginning of August when I'm recording this, but I am really excited about this month because this is when it gets really good. And I am just always looking forward to this point. You know, we think about it way back in March and now we're here and we get to start this whole month. And when you'll be listening to this, it'll be like the middle almost, which is crazy. I feel like August is going to go faster than July did, which is odd because I always feel like July goes super fast, but I was very intentional this last month. And so just being a little bit slower. So I'm hoping to apply that, but just looking at our calendar and everything that's coming up, I'm already feeling like, wow, August is going to go quick. But I think that's kind of the beauty of what we're going to talk about today is now that we're moving into August, we're doing a lot of preservation. We're thinking about how to save everything. And we're going to talk about some of those feelings and how to conquer some of this and how to also look at it in new ways. So we have a couple really great podcasts that might be different than what we've been talking about But now that we're heading into the depths of summer and then eventually into fall and winter here, the podcast is going to take some different conversations and we're going to do things a little differently in the sense that we're going to be solving less garden problems and we're going to be thinking about them in a bigger way. So um, I love solving the problems. That's why a garden, if the garden was perfect all the time, there would be nothing to solve. But as we get deeper into August and September, those problems kind of become like part of the process and things go and move on. Fall things come in like we talked about last week. And now we're thinking about other 
things about saving things. So, and how we approach this time, because it can feel really overwhelming, which is something we're talking about in the community. But today, particularly, one of the things I get asked a lot about is how do I save and dry my herbs? And I have a blog post today that went up specifically that's about basil, but I also have another one that's all about how to dry herbs in general. And then in September, I'm going to actually have a class online that is $5 for non-community members, free to community members, where I will give you some recipes and then actually show you how to go through this process in a way that makes sense in a class that's only an hour long. But because drying herbs is not a fast process, as most of gardening is not. So I think you guys will really enjoy this. So if this is something you're interested in, all the information is in the show notes of how to join the class next month. And because, yes, we're going to be doing it from basically I dry herbs from, I don't even know, May (laughs) till um, all the way till October, November. I'm even still drying time right before Christmas. Sometimes if we don't get snow, I just keep going with it. And so we are setting up like a whole new section in our house, like for this, like tons of hooks and everything, because it's just such a great way to do things. So plus like herbs are such a wonderful gift to give. And I feel like there's no one that would be upset about getting a collection of dried herbs for Christmas. And So it's like, we're basically creating all these ways to enjoy them and give them and share them that our garden gives us. And we're extending that, you know, that gift of what our garden is beyond us by doing things like this. So it's a lot of rambling, but basically I'm trying to convince you that you can grow an herb garden, which I have a blog post and a podcast about that as well. And that I'm a big advocate for it. And this is how and why it's so great is that there are some really easy ways to save and preserve without a lot of stuff. You can do it in a small space. It doesn't involve heating or the worries of a lot of bacterias or, you know, things like that, like canning and other preservation methods have a lot involved with. Not that I want to say that those things are hard to do or deter you from them because they're worth it, but I think they can feel insurmountable to beginners or people that have a limited amount of time, particularly parents or people who work a lot, where my goal is really to get anyone and everyone involved in the garden in some way, whether that's flowers, herbs, anything. I want you guys connected to the soil and like digging in, whether that's a few pots on your back patio or even in your windowsill in an apartment in New York City, or if you have acreage like us, it doesn't matter. Anyone can do this and we all should be doing it. That said, if you're growing herbs, you can use this. You can do this on a tiny scale or on a huge scale. And all it involves is a few things. We're going to talk about all the different ways we can dry and save herbs, why we need to dry and save herbs and why I use that. There are other methods like oil and salt and butters and freezing them in those ways. There's plenty of ways that we can save herbs. They offer us a wide variety of options, but this specifically is about drying them. And I'm going to talk about that. And then we're also going to talk about how to use them. So I'm going to go through basically the, let's just say, as the title says, the good, the easy, the quick, and the bad. And then I'm going to talk about how I use them after all that. So in, I will preface that like every herb is a little different and, um, That's why I'm working through talking about every different herb on the blog. It takes time to put these posts together. 
but there's also lots of information online outside of our sourcing. And so if I don't talk about it, you can always Google it. I'm sure there's somebody out there that has a great post until I finally have time to write my own and detail more of what I do specifically. But so let's dive in. First of all, I want to say that you can use these methods on almost any herb. Uh, basically they all can use, use these. It's just some of them perform better with certain methods than others. So right now we're talking specifically about drying and there's lots of different ways you can dry herbs. And I will kind of note like some of the ways that I think work better for certain herbs that are more general herbs. Obviously, if you're growing some like stuff that might be a little bit unique, like lemongrass or lemon verbana or things like that. There's other methods for some of those. I'm not going to detail. Um, those aren't the typical home gardener, like the beginner home gardener type of herbs. So those ones are a little different in nature, but most of them, you can play around with these methods and find the one that works best for those herbs as well. So it's all about play, all about learning. I'm all for that. So first of all, the good in my favorite way, there's two ways and I think they work great. And one of them is the, a dehydrator. And I don't, I am, listen, I'm a minimalist and I avoided getting one of these for a very, very long time. But finally I was like, you know what? We have this huge garden. I think this is a great way to preserve things. I thought also this could be really fun to try something new and we had some Costco credit and I picked one up. I have a NutraWare and I would give it at like a seven on the 10 scale. I think it's good. It's big, but all dehydrators are. Um, it does a pretty good job. It takes longer than I would like it to on thicker things on herbs. It does awesome. But when we get into like lemons or sun-dried tomatoes sort of things, it's a little more tricky. So it takes a lot longer, but it still works beautifully. We did tomatoes last year and they did great. But when we're talking herbs specifically, the, that dehydrator does a great job and it has plenty of space. Like I can do almost all of my mint in one run and whatever's left over, I use my other favorite method, which is just bundling and hanging. And I tell you that is like still one of the best ways. And everybody asks if I wash them um, before I do this. The quick answer and the honest answer is no. The reason being is that I always inspect all my herbs as I'm harvesting them. And if they have like a lot of dirt or they have a lot of, if they've been pooped on, I just don't clip those or I compost them um, or I wait. If it's dirt, then I just wait you know, cause the rain's going to come or it's going to be able to shake off really easily. Uh, so I don't, I don't feel like you have to, if you're going to dehydrate them, like certain ones, I would like basil in particular, like definitely needs to be washed. And then what you do is you put it in a salad spinner, wash it in there and then lay it on a towel, dry it and like really like wring it out, basically not damaging it because it's very tender, but just really making sure that it's dry. And then you can go about dehydrating or actually basil. I don't really suggest line like bundle drying because there's so much water content to it. 
I think that it does best in the dehydrator in my experience already, like the flavor compounds and the same thing really goes for mint, but I find mint much better on that, like bundle drying situation. That said, I use this a lot with like lemon balm, uh, mint, like I said, uh, lavender, lemon, not lemongrass, sorry. Lemon verbana does well there. Uh, thyme, rosemary. I do all our dill seed, coriander seed or cilantro seed, basically fennel seed. All of those are all dried that way on a hook and just like a bundle with some rope or string. I like to use a cotton string because I can compost it afterwards with that bundle and I don't have to worry about it. And truly that's the best way. Not only is it beautiful, but your kitchen also smells incredible. And what you want to do is just keep it in a nice, I, ours is in a sunny spot. Some people say dark. I don't think it has to be dark. I just think it has to have good air circulation and you want to make sure that the bundle isn't too tight, that it gets moldy in in between because that can happen, but you just need a nice dry, well air circulated area. And ours is near like our air vents. So it gets a lot of air (laughs) throughout the whole day and weeks. And it usually like with bundle drying like that, it's, I don't know, it depends on the herb, but it can take anywhere. Like lavender can take a week to two, whereas like mint could be like three to four weeks, depending on how dry and well air circulated it is. Whereas like a dehydrator, this is what the, how you can talk, we can talk about quick and even easy, really. If I say the easy is also the bundling because you just bundle everything and you hang it up. The quick is the dehydrator because dehydrator is doing all that air circulation on a low temperature for a long period of time. You lay everything out and you leave it and then you just check it. If it's not ready, you keep running it. And I usually keep mine somewhere between 120 to 130. I find that mine has to run at a little higher temperature to really get that good crisp uh, in a faster way. It doesn't burn it, obviously, but you can also do it in an oven but don't like you keep it on the lowest setting for the, you know, like an hour, hour and a half. And then anytime after that, you got to keep a really close eye on it. And if you can't get below 180 in your oven, then you need to crack the oven because that air needs to come out. And I think you can also use convection, but I have not tried that. So those are some different ways. Like I would definitely say are the, like the quick, good and easy But we're going to talk about the bad too, because I think a lot of people talk about how you can do things, but then they don't talk about like the other options that lie out there that people might suggest and might not be good. Um, When we're drying herbs, one of the things that we're really working to do, first of all, before I tell you like some of the bad ways, is we want to really preserve and concentrate the flavor of that herb and preserve it, right? But that is also... We also like that isn't just the only thing. We also want to be saving the nutrient value, the medicinal value, all these things that are in it. And the best ways to do that are low and slow. So we can speed up that low and slow from the bundling by utilizing heat and air circulation. But a lot of times people are going to suggest something like the microwave. It was a real trendy thing to talk about this not too long ago. And Americans in particular 
I feel like we love instantaneous things. Like we love things to be this instant reaction. It's done. It's complete. Like it's off our to-do list. The garden isn't like that. Preservation isn't like that. And so I'm just going to tell you right now, the microwave is not the way to go. This is the bad of the drying your herbs. Here's why. So sure, it cooks your herbs, but microwaves can also be harmful to like degrading that medicinal value, the flavor value. Like there's all these things that it can do that is really pretty harmful to the plant itself. You know, we know a lot about microwave radiation and like all of that and how it works. And um, there's a lot of talk about that not being good in general, right? We know that. So why would we apply it to something that we expect to do something good for us? Herbs, though they create flavors for our food, they also hold a lot of medicinal value. And that medicinal value is no longer present when it's been broken down or degraded by radiation, basically. So also it can be very flammable very quickly. So there's that possibility. You are talking about a dry, crisp leaf that is under heat. So intense heat sometimes. So like I said, you can't beat the system. And I think this just like continues to go back to that conversation that about why I love gardening and why it has taught me so much and why I believe that we all just need it is that (laughs) we need to be reminded that nothing is instant in life. Like there is no fast, there's no shortcut, you know, like we can't just get through and find the fastest way without something being lost in the process. And if you're okay with losing that, I guess it's fine. But in my mind, I've spent all this time tending to these plants and growing them. I'm okay with them taking time to do their thing in order to serve me through the winter months and the spring months when I need them the most and they're not available to me anymore. So, you know, I know it's three to four weeks, but or if you do it the bundling way, which I love, but or, you know, 48 to 48 or so hours with other herbs, maybe in the dehydrator or even like two hours in the oven. You know, I think we're talking not that much time in order to preserve something that's really beautiful and amazing. And, you know, growing your own herbs is so life-giving in general. And to see them like capture their flavor in such a beautiful, elegant way is really incredible. So, and plus I just love like the action of preserving herbs and drying them because it's just, it takes you into that moment. It's all encapsulating with the smells and everything. And I feel like we miss out on that when we go about these shortcut ways. So that's, that's my idea of the, you know, you got the good, the easy, the quick, and then the bad. And obviously if the bad thing works for you, that's fine. But just know that whenever we take a shortcut, there is a loss of some kind and you just have to figure out if that loss is okay for you. That said, after you have actually dried these things in one of these three ways of bundling, dehydrator, or oven, what do you do with them afterwards? (laughs) And the answer is quite simply, we're going to process them. And this to me is like, a really enjoyable thing. And my kids will do it with me sometimes and which can be a mess, which I highly suggest doing outside. If you're going to do it with children or even yourself for that matter, you 
really are going to get messy. So what I do is I take that bundle or those leaves that I just dehydrated or used to cooked in the oven, and I'm going to put them into a bowl. And if you have them in a bundle, a lot of times all you have to do is just kind of take your hands together and like rub them and all the leaves start falling into that bowl. I like to get a really big bowl so that they can all be captured. This can be extremely important with lavender because a lavender of flowers will just like fly everywhere. So <laughs> what you're going to want to do is just like kind of just move them down into a bigger space, right? And try to capture as much of it as possible. And so once they're all in the bowl, depending on what it is, if it's lavender, you can just put it into an airtight jar right away. If it's something like basil or mint, you're going to want to crumble it. And there's a couple of ways you can do that. You can do it with your hands, um, just like moving your fingers around the leaves. You can use mortar and pestle if you would like. Um, you can also use a food processor you to whirl them to make them small. Uh, if you're using them for tea, I don't generally like process or like shrink the size of the leaf, I guess, like break down the leaf if I'm going to be using it for tea, uh, especially mint and lemon balm, things like that. I just kind of leave it at that size because doesn't really matter. It's going to be placed under hot water and everything. But then if you're going to be, you know, saving them in spice jars, you can put them into spice jars, things like that. Basically, all you want to do is get the herb down to the size that you actually want it, whether it's the powdery sort of substance that you find in the store or whether it's a larger leaf that you can put into a reusable tea bag or tea strainer in the winter doesn't matter. Either way, all you have to do is store it in an airtight container. Now, the dehydrator is great for creating that very sure effect that everything is dry because the one thing that can happen is, and I've heard of this happening, I've had it happen, is that you put all this stuff into an airtight jar after maybe you bundle dried it or you think you've air dehydrated it enough and then you get it all in there and then like two weeks later, you start noticing, you know, a fluffy mold growing inside the jar. And it's because everything wasn't dehydrated enough or, you know, enough liquid is taken out of it. So longer is always better if you can go that route. And like I said, low and slow. And what I do with the dehydrator is I just check leaves every, like, once it gets to past that, like eight to 10 hour point, I start checking all the different leaves in there and seeing like, okay, this one.
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.